And good morning and welcome to Environmentality on 98.9 Northwest FM. Oh, yes. Good morning and welcome to Mad Village on 98.9 Northwest FM. This is what happens when you're in a rush, Carol. That's all right. It'll all come together. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. We were just saying what a beautiful autumn weekend we've had. And um, I was out running and walking and enjoying Melbourne. I hope you were too. I was too, yes. And I can feel it in my back this morning. Um, how It's going to be 18 today as well, so yeah. nice day. But uh, what's happening today on Mad Village? We've got two very wonderful guests. Um, they're from a program called GPAN, which stands for Good People Act Now. And when we start chatting, we'll find out a bit more about what they do and what that means. Beautiful. In the meantime, we will play their first to- song that they have chosen. And I think a lot of people would be familiar with this, but it's a great song. of food choices available at the supermarket or local store that are designed for your child's lunchbox. However, it can sometimes be difficult to decide which foods are healthy choices. Fruit is usually a simple and healthy thing to include in the lunchbox and the best choices are fresh or tin fruit. You could try packing vegetable sticks with dip or a small container with mixed vegetables such as cherry tomatoes, carrot sticks, peas and cucumber. This is funded by the Australian Government Department of Health and Ageing. You can hear us live on 98.9 Northwest FM and streaming online at northwestfm.org, northwestfm.org for more information. All right, and you're listening to Mad Village on 98.9 Northwest FM. Um, we just heard a great song, Aretha Franklin, Respect, and it is it is absolutely appropriate for the topic that is um, is having us here today, which is uh, violence against women. Uh, we, we're here with... A couple of young people from the GPAN project, Good People Act Now. Good morning, Chana. Morning, Jaime and, and Carol. And, and good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. How are you? All right. So uh, maybe we'll start by asking you um, why you have decided to choose this song, Vanessa. I chose this song because it was originally written by Otis Redding, a man, and it was wildly unpopular. And then it was turned around and sung by Aretha Franklin with a few slight changes and became crazily popular and had a completely different message. Um, so I love that little shift. And also, um, I guess the lyrics aren't super revolutionary today, but for the time, they were definitely. Oh, it's a fantastic choice, and I think they are still super revolutionary, um, which is a really great segue into asking you to tell us a bit about GPAN and what it stands for and how you both got involved. Vanessa, I'll start with you. So GPAN is an organisation run by young people for young people and we want to empower others to spread the message of gender equality in the overall goal of preventing family violence. Um, I got involved with through a friend who just asked me to come along, um, thought I would be interested and here I am today. And what about you, Chana? How did you get involved? Um, I was asked to be a part of it when it was first started um, by Jaime, um, who has had a major involvement with the project. Um, and it was something that uh, had been close to my heart um, since I was younger with a bit of family violence um, in my family. So it was a no-brainer for me to get involved. And then, um, yeah, sort of four years later, here I am, I'm 
you know, doing some work for JPEN and um, doing some pretty cool stuff, yeah. So how many people are involved in JPEN and what sort of activities does it engage in? Um, so we've probably got about 17, 17 people involved at the moment um, and that sort of counts volunteers, people who are employed by JPEN um, and the the wider sort of uh, group that sort of comes in and out um, as volunteers as well. Um, and we basically run different activities with the community. We do outreach um, to community festivals. We educate um, young men and women um, in different community groups that we've got at Banksia Gardens. Um, so, for example, there's the girls group, um, which was the basis for the, one of the songs that I picked. Um, that's run run by a group of young women um, involved at Banksia and they really focus on empowering the young women uh, around the area um, and, you know, helping them to create their own brand as young women, you know, growing up in Melbourne. Um, and we also educate young people in schools. So we do a couple of school visits each year and we're currently in the process of setting up a JPAN hub in one of the local schools. When you say young people, what are the age groups that you tend to have? Um, so I guess we're not really, we don't exclude any age groups. Um, so I think the youngest participant in girls group would be about four or five. Um, but we ge- we're generally aiming our, um, our product, I guess, at um, people aged between 15 to 25 um, because we believe that that next generation um, is always the most important when it comes to, you know, creating change and following through with that. Yep. Yep. So, um, Vanessa, why why do we need a Violence Against Women uh, Prevention Youth Group in 2018 in Australia? Well, family violence is still extremely prevalent. I mean, it's like a woman is killed every week in Australia by an intimate partner. And, you know, in my age group, what, 18 to 25, that's... My, my leading cause of death is to be killed by a partner. You know, it's not going to travel, it's not being hit by a car, it's that I'm going to have someone that loves me kill me. And I think that's reason enough to why we need this. Um, traditionally, efforts towards um, treating family violence have been reactionary, you know, helping people that have gone through it, which is obviously extremely important. But I think it's great that we're seeing this shift towards prevention. And as Chana was saying to me earlier, it's not about educating young women to avoid being abused it's about teaching young men and women respectful behaviors and getting rid of the behaviors that create a base for family violence to occur. Shana I'd like to ask you I can understand why someone like Vanessa would be attracted to get involved in a GPAN program you know an intelligent well-educated young woman who's obviously concerned about respect for women. What motivates a young man to get involved in this and and to extend from that how what strategies are you thinking about to try and attract other young men to get involved Mm -hmm. what's in it for them basically yeah um that's a good question so for me i guess um i realized pretty early on that you know in my family it was the men that were committing this violence yeah and it was um the women who were the victims so um when they, when Jaime and um, Rachel at the time approached me about joining the project, I sort of thought, well, as a young man, I think this issue is pretty important to me um, because, you know, if 
if anything, it'll be me that becomes a perpetrator. Obviously, I didn't think that, but that was the basis of the um, of the project was to educate young people about, like Vanessa said, being being better humans rather than just telling telling women to be more safe. You know, um, so for me, in, in in the future, engaging young men, I think really comes down to getting them to see how much power for change that they have um, rather than power for uh, being perpetrators. They now have the the power and the responsibility to affect change in the society. So, um, yeah. For me, do you get uh, young men saying to you, I don't care or, you know, why should absolutely. I do this? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, what's your well, response? That's right. I mean, they, they um, for them, they don't see it as a problem because either they haven't experienced it or um, they just think, oh, I won't be one of them that does, one of the people that becomes a perpetrator. But I think the the most valuable part for being a G-Painter that I see is when I, when we actually change the attitude of a young man um, from, oh, you know, it's not me, it's them and I don't really care. And then to get them to see, oh, what I say, what I do can actually have an influence on someone else. Um, and that I can be influenced by others. So, yeah. So, Tana, I know you've been involved in the program for a really long time, but I wanted to ask Vanessa. So, uh, you you only joined about what twelve months ago, or no, just a few months ago. Just a few months ago. Yeah. So, tell us, um, you know, what it involves to start particip participating in Jeep, and how does it work? So, as I understand it, there's annual training sessions. Yep. So, I attended those training sessions and it went for I can't remember remember how many weeks. Six weeks, <laughs> went for six weeks. And throughout the course of that six weeks, we just learned a lot about family violence, um, the basis of respectful behaviours, just a lot of informative um, sort of things so we could be prepared to educate others about the cause. Um, and there was a pretty large cohort with that. And then, you know, a certain amount of people stay on and we meet every two weeks to discuss, you know, um, plans for the future. We're currently talking about running an event for young people um, and those sort of things. It sounds terrific, but do you have fun? I'll leave that one to Vanessa. Cause we do have fun in our meetings. You know, we have dinner every two weeks on a Wednesday and it's half, you know, talking about gender equality, half talking about completely random things that have nothing to do with it and we just end up laughing. So Yeah, I think to add to that, one of the significant um, parts about this year is that um, – the crop of uh, volunteers and people that have done the training and the people that are working with Japan have really gelled together as a as a group and it's become a bit of a family, which which is what it's always been for me. Um, my favourite part about Japan is just having, you know, a group of people that share my feminist views because, um, you know, sometimes with my mates, they don't always get that. So, um, But this year, the Japan group's actually become a group of friends, um, I think, and, like, we catch up after meetings and sometimes we'll go and have a couple of drinks and discuss the issue and, and all of that sort of stuff. But also we discuss, you know, like Vanessa said, random stuff that has nothing to do with anything. So um, that's really Which great. I'm sure is important because changing the world is a great thing to be doing, but yeah. for young people particularly, but for anybody, I mean, it's hard to recruit them if it's all just serious hard work. There's got to be some passion based on enjoying each other's company, having friendships, actually Enjoying yourselves. Yeah, of course. There's no guilt accompanied with enjoying yourself while you're no. doing these positive things. So. No, that's right. And can you tell us, Vanessa, what, what is a G-Pan moment? A G-Pan moment is just a moment in your life that resonates um, 
with you and makes you think about the realities of gender equality. So it could be a moment where, you know, you noticed something and you spoke up or when you didn't speak up, just the fact that you noticed it. And we talk about them and think about how we could act better in the future. Can any of you think of an example of a Japan moment for us? On the spot. On the spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's yeah, right. actually I can. Um, so I was um, at a wedding, which Carol knows about. Um, yeah, so I was at a wedding and um, it was a, an Italian slash Croatian wedding. Um, and as we know, you know, there's there's a lot of, um, I don't know, I guess patriarchy in that um, in that world. So... But one of the um, one of the people attending the wedding made a comment about how, you know, now all of a sudden the the groom would become um, what do, what do they say the chain on the end of the the ball on the end of the chain or something like that. Um, and yeah, I just you know it wasn't really my place to step up and say anything because that person attending the wedding was also the father of the groom. But um, yeah, I just it made me reflect on how you know there's still a lot of work to be done because you know a comment like that. You know, while it's made in jest, can have an impact on you know there was a there was a twelve year old in the crowd and um, that can have an impact on him and him the way he views you know, any future relationships, um, his own um, parents' relationships, that kind of thing. So um, there is still a lot of work to be done, but I think every week that we get together at JPAN just sort of reaffirms the the fact that we are doing some good work. So what what does one do when when you encounter a JPAN moment? Well, you you would ordinarily step up and say something, um, but at the same time you have to pick your battles. So um, there are times when you absolutely should say something and you and you can, um, but you have to do it safely. Um, and this is a this is something called bystander action, which we talk a lot about at JPAN, um, making sure that when whenever you do intervene in a situation or when you um, decide that you have to speak up about something that you've seen in a GPAM moment. Um, yeah, you do it safely and make sure that everyone around you is understanding why you're doing it. And yeah. So another question, which again, I'm just putting myself in the perspective of a, maybe a bit of a devil's advocate. So I would say, oh, you know, vi- violence against women, yes, it's very bad. So, well, men just have to stop hitting women and why are you talking about all this equality stuff i mean how that how is that related i guess the underlying reason why men hit women is a lack of respect and um an affirmation by society that not necessarily that they can hit the women but they can treat them with disrespect and we believe it's those behaviors and attitudes that eventually um form in some people um violent behaviors and we know that violence against women isn't just down to a man hitting a woman um, it's also there's emotional abuse, financial abuse, psychological abuse, which you know in- includes mani- manipulation and um, bullying. Um, so you know that's it's a very simplistic view to think that. And I'm not saying you're a simplistic man, Jaime. I know you're a brilliant man, but <laughs> it is a very simplistic view for for people to think that um, violence against women comes down to just preventing men from hitting women. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot to. There's a lot around that. That people don't say. In fact, a lot of your training focuses on respectful relationships and gender equality and, and doesn't actually directly deal with violence at all. That's really what you're challenging, isn't it? It's, it's putting people in particular stereotypical boxes and, and talking about the way men, women, girls and boys relate to each other on a daily basis, yeah? That's exactly right, yeah. Yeah. So you look at things like media portrayal, 
um, yeah. Yeah, we do. We look at a whole range of factors, um, including media portrayal, just how we interact in friendships, relationships, um, stuff we see in the news, stuff we – basically any aspect in our life that can relate to this cause, we try to analyse it and think about how we can act to make it better. Mm. You're listening to Environmentality. Oh, my God, I've done it again. You're listening to <laughs> Mad Village on 98.9 Northwest FM. Uh, Carol, I, obviously, my turning 40 has had an effect on me. I, you know, my brain is already going. Happy birthday for <laughs> Friday, homie. Um, anyway, you're listening to Mad Village, and our guests this morning are Chana and Vanessa, who are two members of the Good People Act Now uh, youth group, uh, which is a group that uh, tries to address violence against women in Hume. Um, and we're going to just listen to their second uh, music selection, and this is a track by Beyoncé. The judges give champions again. Congratulations. We'll see you next week. Sorry, we're caught a little bit off guard there. Um, I think the you know the last t- twenty seconds of that song are not very relevant. Can you hear some? It's oh, it's echoing a little bit. Okay, don't know exactly why. Anyway, um, Mad Village is the show where it is now twenty-three minutes past nine. We're talking to Vanessa and Chana from the Japan Project. And I don't know why that. <laughs> It's happening anyway. Uh, so Vanessa and Chana, just wanted to. We were just talking off air, by the way. And the song we just heard was "Flawless" by Beyonce. Beautiful. And why did you choose that song? Um, well, a, it's a, just a really good song, really catchy. And b, it's got a little monologue by this Nigerian feminist writer named Chimamanda, and I just love that that song was in the top charts for months and months, and it has that little monologue in it. All right, and so off air, we're just talking a little bit about some of the things that you do as part of GP and some of the community education activities. Chana, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so I mean, part of the training that the um, the GP has run through at the at the start of this year um, involves community engagement, upskilling, um, and so for for as part of that, we. We go out to different community events like the Broadie Street Festival, the Craigieburn Festival. Um, we hold stalls. We talk to the, the local people coming in and out of the festival and try to keep spreading the message of gender equality and why it's so important in you know battling family violence and violence against women. And what sort of conversations would you have? How would you open up a yeah. chat with someone who's just come to a festival, for instance? Yeah, well, we... Um, Opening up a chat with someone can be really difficult just because you have to gauge whether they'd be interested and what their reaction might be to whatever you want to talk about. So um, you often just start with, you know, hi, how are you doing? What's brought you to the festival? Um, and then we, we wear our J-Pan shirts or our J-Pan hoodies and they'll, you know, often ask us, you know, what's what's this about? What are you doing here? Um, and then we talk about um, gender equality um, as the main the main idea around why we're how we're trying to prevent family violence. Um, we talk about what the community can do in engage in engaging in that conversation with other people, um, and we often we often actually hear other people's stories and and their personal lives about um, family violence and whatever they've encountered. 
um, which is really just really great for us because it's always great to hear those personal stories and 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 see how many people exactly are affected by by this issue. Vanessa, do you own one of those Jeep and hoodies? I don't. I want one. That's okay, not fair. and tell us about about them. What's special about them? What is special about them? Uh, well, the JPN hoodies are um, in two colours: pink, bright pink, and blue. Um, the boys uh, in the group wear the bright pink hoodies, so I've got a a bright pink hoodie. And for those of you who can't see me because you're on the on the radio waves, I'm I'm a brown person, so it stands out quite well. Um, and the girls wear blue, um, and that's that's quite a um, an obvious one because you know often the boys are associated with blue and and pink is associated with the girls so we we switch them around and a lot of people generally ask me you know why are you wearing pink and it's just a great that's another great way to start a conversation with someone um, but Vanessa can talk about the J Pen shirts that we've got I don't have one of those either not oh, Vanessa what, <laughs> what are nothing. they doing to you <laughs> is this something that you have to earn or something what's going I on I know what's well this? actually it is it is you have to earn a J Pen shirt because I think in the past J Pen has tended to want to give a Japan hoodie away, and we realise that you know sometimes the, they don't come back. So um, we now have decided that you have to earn a Japan shirt. And well, I reckon it. being on the on the radio show is yes. is probably I good enough for Vanessa it. to have I one. Vanessa has it. Uh, Vanessa, tell us a little bit as well about uh, some of the work that has been done with performance. I know that Japan has has done quite a lot of work in that before in terms of uh, developing bystander. Uh, scenarios. Yeah, we've got a great video called um, Jealous Boyfriend that Chana actually stars in that tells a bit of a narrative about, you guessed it, a jealous boyfriend. And I guess um, these sort of things are just to showcase the attitudes we're trying to push in in an entertainment medium. Mm. (laughs) Um, If anything, it's just fun watching Chana act. She's actually a great actor, (laughs) surprisingly. (laughs) Uh, Um, Yeah, so the performances... um, we, we, we also take them to schools. Um, so when we visit a school, we'll put on the performance for what generally is the year 10s or year 11s and 12s. Um, and it's a really great way to start a presentation because it captures the attention, gets the emotions flowing. Um, and, you know, Jail's Boyfriend is quite a powerful scene. Um, it gets quite heated and aggressive and uh, my character gets quite violent towards um, his girlfriend. So... Uh, yeah, that that really you know shocks the the young men and women in the room um, into sort of wow you know this is this is quite a quite a real conversation that we're about to have and then we launch into the presentation which all obviously involves talking about gender equality and you know we analyse the the scene that they've just seen and what kind of behaviours are being displayed by uh, my character and um, his girlfriend and all that sort of stuff. Um, we also have a sexting video um, which we've recently put on the website um, and that's obviously really relevant for young people because sexting is now um, quite common um, so yeah we so Tana I'm just gonna I'm gonna try to play um, uh, really a little section of the jealous boyfriend and this could be a total disaster with first time on environmentality we're gonna try to have a <laughs> bit of a uh, preview of the of the has it has it loaded because yeah, I think so let's try, let's try to see if it, this works otherwise we'll just keep talking about it okay What is this? What? what are you doing? I told you not to talk to him. You know you're just no, a friend. No, seriously, I told you not to talk to him. He's just no, a friend. No, I told you. He's, I'm your boyfriend. There's no need for you to talk to him. So he's just no, don't do it again. It's starting to really piss me off, right? 
just a friend. Don't do it again. All right, Tana, tell us what's happening in that video. Uh, well, that was uh, my character and his girlfriend. Um, my character's dragged uh, his girlfriend away from a, a little get-together with some friends. Um, and he's started berating her about, um, you know, who she's talking to and why she's talking to. And it is another guy that she's talking to in that scene, and, and he's not happy about it. Um, and he gets quite heated, quite aggressive, um, and eventually... I think the line is, um, you know, I, I don't want you talking to other guys. I'm sick of it. Stuff like that. Yeah. And Vanessa, where could we find those videos? Um, so you can find them on any of our social media pages, really. We've got links. So I'm going to do a few different um, social medias here. So our Instagram, gpan.project3047. Um, you can find us on Facebook on GPAN Project. You can go on our website which is goodpeoplelacknow.org.au. And as of last week, you can even find us on Twitter, Project GPAN. We're still getting used to how to use it, but we're there, so you can follow us. Well, we're going we're gonna to start following you very soon. Oh, beautiful. So um, tell us how you would use something like that. I mean, it's a great resource, that Jello's Boyfriend video or the performances, but what would happen at the school with those things? Uh, well, whenever we go to a school, like we... Um if if we don't do the live performance, we always show the video um, of Joe's boyfriend, and then we we analyze that with the with the people who are watching the performance. So um, that'll often be the year nine, ten kids, year eleven, twelve kids, and their teachers. Um, we'll go through, you know, what kind of behaviors are they seeing, um, what kind of attitudes are they seeing, um, that we try to extrapolate. So what could be happening after this scene? Um, you know, what what could Chana and his girlfriend be going through after? And, you know, what what could the bystanders in that scene have done? So if you for for those who can't see the video, there's actually also three people in the scene who are just sitting at the table watching what's happening and they don't do anything and they, they are what we call bystanders. So we talk about how do we become active bystanders apart uh, as a side to passive bystanders. And I guess it really resonates um, with young people with jealous boyfriend because I guess it's an attitude that's common in a lot of relationships and even if people look back on it and be like, wow, that's actually me or wow, that's actually my boyfriend, um, it's something that they can more closely relate to rather than some archaic scene of, you know, two adults, you know, um, in a violent relationship. Do you tend to get a good response or do you sometimes get a silent room and people say, so what? Or that's normal. No, it's always it's always pretty. Wow, I can't believe you've done this in our school. Um, because yeah, like I said, it's quite an aggressive, intense scene, um, and it always you know initially people are a bit shocked. Like I've just screamed at my girlfriend on on stage, and grabbed her quite violently and pushed her away. Um, so initially, there's a bit of shock, but then everyone just starts giving their answers to our questions and. You know, there's a couple of times when a random girl in the crowd will shout, get off her, that kind of thing. Like, that's happened before. So, yeah, it's always pretty fun. That must be quite confronting for you as the actor, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I often remind people that I'm actually a nice guy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess there's the advantage of us um, being a youth-led organisation as well that we well, try to be as in touch with what... Um, sort of thing that we need to put out there. You know, I only left high school a few years ago and I can say if they if that came to my school, I would have been listening, I would have been engaged. And that's the advantage of a youth-led organisation for young people. That's why I was kicked out of Japan. 
<laughs> now, um, what I was going to ask as well uh, has to do with the, I guess that that idea of uh, jealousy. You know, well, sh- surely, if your boyfriend is jealous, it, it must me- be because he loves you. Not at all. <laughs> I agree. Well, I think um, jealousy. Again, I, the devil's advocate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Um, Someone has to do it. I guess jealousy can be a bit of an intrinsic quality in people, but there's a difference between you know having your own guilty jealousy inside of you and actually acting on that and expecting other people to conform to certain behaviors just because you feel that way and I guess that's the basis of respect that you know you can feel a certain way um but doesn't mean other people have to change their behavior yeah and I guess it's also linked to the concept of possession right so your girlfriend is not something that you own exactly Uh, you know you can be jealous in silence enjoy (laughs) (laughs) Vanessa, I just wanted to ask you about your relationship with feminism because we read all the time that feminism's old hat and it's dead and young women these days don't need it. Have you, before you got involved with Sheepan, been exposed to feminist ideas? Would you have called yourself a feminist beforehand and has your attitude changed since going through the Pan training? I've always res- like thought of myself as a feminist. Um, I don't agree with the argument that it's old hat. I mean... You know, there's not huge, huge discrimination overtly anymore, but there's still all these little subtle differences in society. You know, when I'm at home and we finish dinner, it's like a big family dinner, all the men go watch TV, all the women clean up, Um, you know, a sexist joke, all these sort of things. You know, I might not, you know, be discriminated in the way that I'm not allowed to vote or allowed to own property or that sort of thing, but from um, major discrimination to subtle inconveniences, we still need feminism every day. And it's not just about, you know, personally, um, I'm an international studies student, so this isn't always just about me in Australia. Like, it's a worldwide problem and it needs to always be on the mind, not just for me, but for women worldwide Mm. that need it more than I do. (laughs) And, And those small acts of discrimination, you've obviously been bothered by it before you did this training. Do, are there both of you could answer this? Are there people who come to GPAN and suddenly have an epiphany? You think, oh wow, I never noticed this before. Always, um, I entered GPAN with a friend, and I've always kind of been a bit feminist inclined, but she wasn't as much. And now um, the smallest <laughs> things annoy her, and she's always messaging me saying, "This happened. Like I can't believe I used to deal with this, and you know, didn't notice it, and just put up with the amount of disrespect that comes from so many different avenues in her life." And in a sense, it's kind of a burden to realize um, how much you go through every day, but um, it's still a good thing because if you notice it, then you can make a change and you can respond to it. And I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way when they join GPAN, um, realising so many um, instances in their everyday life where they're being disrespected. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I think that one of the things we do in the training, and you touched on it earlier, Carol, was that we we draw up a stereotypical box of a male. Um, and this is something we run with young men as well. We encourage the boys and to uh, break out of that box and... Um, so that box includes being macho and being aggressive and being dominant and powerful and being the decision maker and all that sort of stuff. But we encourage the the young men to look at what's outside the box, and that's you know the sensitive, caring, nurturing type um, men. And that's something that when I first came to Japan, I was <laughs> I was very much a twenty year old young male, and I was trying to find my place in the world. And part of that was trying to be the stereotypical male. And Japan was that epiphany moment that you talk about was when I realised, oh, you know, I can break out of this and I can show my sensitive side and my nurturing side because I've always had it. 
um, but I often tried to hide it, you know, and it would only come out occasionally with my really close friends who I knew knew that I was um, sensitive and caring, and now it's just out and about and it's all over the place. So it's, that's part of what GPAN's really powerful for. Mm, that's, that's great, and I guess that's what I was trying to ask before is that yes young men can actually gain so much from this they don't necessarily lose their privilege they actually can be liberated as well exactly who they are rather than who they think they should be exactly and and the suicide rate amongst young men is so high um and we you know there's been a lot of studies that have linked male suicide to um not being able to understand who they are as men um and so you know, something that has been drawn on by a few people is that f- the struggles for young men to break out of that stereotypical box can often lead them to depression and then suicide r- right down the track. And it's it's sort of dangerous to extrapolate that far because there isn't a you know ironclad study, but we know that that breaking outside of that box can really be really tough. Um, and so you know that's, that's where we say gender equality and and being and perfecting who you are and all of that is good for everyone um it's good for men it's good for women um and that's why the feminist movement is always so important and it won't it won't ever be unnecessary um so yeah fantastic that's uh all really inspiring uh we're gonna listen to some more music and this is alicia keys girl and she's on fire hotter than a fantasy Lonely like a he's on fire Northwest FM is undergoing a major refit to our studios. While this is happening, some of our programs will not be going on air. We expect this to last a few days, then we will be back on air with our usual programs. Thank you for your patience. Uh, community Heart with Paul and Mark a big welcome big day today we've got some great people coming up with Community Heart over the next couple of months we've got Mr Bernie Geary uh, he's going to be on the show look I'm keen to explore that uh, youth leadership and the issues facing young people I know Paul's got another song for us because we are playing amazing 80s music Melbourne's Community Heart with Paul and Mark Wednesdays 7 to 8 on 98.9 Northwest FM Yes, Northwest FM is indeed the name of the radio station and the show is Mad Village. I think I got that right now. Um, we're talking to Vanessa and Chana, who are two young members of the Good People Act Now group based at Branksia Gardens Community Services in Broadmeadows. And Carol, I also know that you you are um, also a member of GPAN on a different capacity. Can you tell us a little bit about that and sort of a, a little bit of what happens behind the scenes? Um Yes, so I'm a, a member of the GPAN Steering Committee, which runs alongside the GPAN group. And, <clears throat> excuse me, so we're, we're a group of different people who are working in some capacity in the um, prevention of family violence landscape. And we've been brought together to basically just help steer the uh, GPAN program. So obviously the GPANers are self-running um, they initiate a lot of the ideas. Obviously, they carry out a lot of the programs, but the steering committee is just there to provide support, um, offer advice, uh, offer networking contacts. So we've got representatives from different organisations like Women's Health in the North, um, 
Plenty Valley Dianella Health. I hope I've got that new name correct. Um, we have a representative from the Victoria Police, um, from Berry Street Services. So, so a range of really high-powered organisations that support uh, people affected by family violence and a really committed, passionate group of people who are just there to um, lend a hand to the G-Panners, who I, I would stress yet again really do run their own show and we're proud of them. Yes, and one more question for you, Carol. So you obviously have been part of the training here and there and you also go to some meetings. Tell us a little bit about what you see there. I've been a guest at, I think, two of the recent training program sessions. Um, yeah, GPAN's very generous in inviting people to come along. So so they, we try and have an informal mentor system where some of us oldies um, – are not part of GPAN particularly, but we're, we're there. We can in, come along to events. Again, we can offer advice. We can offer our perspectives on our life experiences and generally be inspired that uh, next few generations are incredibly passionate people who are doing a lot of great work. So um, I've I found the training really enlightening, even though I've, I guess, studied a lot of these issues myself. But as Vanessa said... You never stop being a feminist. You never stop learning. You never stop being challenged. Um, and you do. You take a lot of stuff for granted that you shouldn't. So this training and this experience is really important for constantly challenging you. And and listening to the comments that a lot of the young people have made during the training just blew me away. They're so articulate. They're so in touch with how they're feeling about things, um, not afraid to, to say I didn't know that, as none of us ever should be because we're always learning. Um, it's just it's a wonderful place to be. Great. And I forgot to ask uh, whoever chose this song, <laughs> Girl on Fire, w w what was the reason for that choice? Uh, well, Alicia Keys is one of my favourite artists. Um, she's also a black woman, as pointed out by Carol earlier. Um, and the the song I think is really powerful because it talks about um, women and how, especially from her perspective, how powerful they can be. And I think that's just a a really appropriate song for what we're talking about and and all of that. Yeah. Great. So you have covered most of what what Japan does really well, um, but I still have a, a question. Perhaps some of our listeners are are wondering. Uh, this idea of bystander action, um, how can it be effective? I mean, you know, like someone would say, a lot of those people who are saying those things, you'll never convince them. What's the point? I think you'd be surprised um, how a respectful conversation can change someone's mind. I mean, um, you're not going to change your sexist uncle's opinion in one conversation. That's just not going to happen. But over time, picking up on these little things and just talking about it, you know, it's not about trying to prove a point or um, make an argument. It's about genuinely trying to get people thinking about what they're saying, why they're saying it, how they can do better. And um, a good thing about people is really everyone wants to be better. Um, if they realize they're doing wrong, they will want to change it. And a big thing that we say um, with bystander action is um, making people feel, this kind of sounds bad, but making people feel a little bit uncomfortable can be really effective. A good example we've got is if someone takes um, makes a sexist joke, um, this is just some advice to everyone that's listening, to ask them what they mean. 
So act like you don't understand the joke. Make the person explain the joke. And you'll realize the more you have to explain it, the less funny it gets. And those sort of behaviors can just make people really think about what they're saying. Absolutely. That's, and that's it's something we call sitting in our own discomfort. Um, and that can be really powerful, especially when you, when you ask people, you know, what do you mean? They start explaining themselves and eventually it's not funny. And also another, another good one to do um, is just to be silent. Um, and that's something that you would think isn't really very active, but when someone makes a joke and everyone laughs, the one person who's silent is noticed because they're not laughing, Um, and then just being silent, not making any smiles, anything like that, um, can really put someone on the back foot, you know, oh, why aren't you laughing at my joke? Well, because it's not funny, and then, you know, and that can be really, really powerful, especially in a big group. Yeah. How do you help people in GPAN deal with fear and also look after their personal safety? Because sometimes intervening can be pretty dangerous. Well, safety is always the most important factor, of course. So you should only intervene if you know that you can guarantee your own safety. And that's just not physical safety. For a lot of people, that's social safety as well Um, because it can be awkward in these sort of situations. Um, But we do refer to something we call protocol in bystander action so if you don't feel comfortable intervening yourself like there's usually someone you can talk to something you can call or another protocol that you can put in place to act um and you can't act on every single thing you see you you're not able to you might not want to and that's okay as well but you know we're all just trying to do our best do either of you have an example that comes to mind of a recent intervention that you have made with either friends family or strangers I've got one actually. Um, I was with my boyfriend and his friends and one of them pulled up a photo of a girl, like a, comp- a compromising sort of photo, and was like laughing, saying, ha-ha, like my friend took this of her when she was as- when she was sleeping. I was obviously like completely shocked and um, everyone was laughing and I-, I did that just silent and just kind of stared, like, you know, that stare. And he was like, oh, what's wrong? And I was like, that's not okay. Like, you know, she was sleeping. That means she didn't consent. I'm sure she doesn't approve of this photo being shared all around. And at first um, he was very, he was a bit confused and said, oh, like, it's not a big deal. Like, it's just a joke, that sort of thing. Um, but then as the conversation went on, um, yeah, he eventually understood what I was saying. And I guess, like, by speaking up, you know, I could have said nothing or I could have laughed along just out of awkwardness, but then he wouldn't have realised what he did was wrong. So that's why it's always good to speak up. And how did you feel? Did that make you feel empowered? Were you anxious or nervous about doing that or did it just come naturally? Well, I knew him quite well, so it was pretty naturally. But in a lot of situations, anxiety can be something that um, comes along with it, um, especially if you're an anxious person. I guess you have to try to overcome it. And if you can't, just accept, you know, you don't, you can't feel guilty for not always acting as well. That's a big part of what we preach. Mm. Um, like I said before, yeah, we're just doing our best. That fear of backlash is a massive um, stopper of someone being an active bystander. Um, and so we encourage people when they're, if they're trying to become more um, powerful with their voice or with their actions is to start small um, and allow yourself to practice. And um, it's really just like, any other thing the more practice you have the better you become at it and so for example when I started trying to be a bystander I was really shocking at it I'd just I'd I'd received backlash I just didn't know how to deal with it um and but now you know four years later it's it's completely natural now and um you know whenever I do receive some sort of backlash I'm really 
really good at being calm and you know trying to convey my point and then you know hopefully usually it works um sometimes you know you're sort of just talking to a brick wall but those are the conversations that you have to have and yeah and does that make you feel personally more empowered um yes yes and no so yes i mean obviously it's empowering to you know educate other people um but i think what makes me feel really empowered is when my friends also start being bystanders active bystanders um so if, if one of my mates says oh that's not really an appropriate joke or that's not really that funny, then that's when I'm like, oh, well, I've, I've actually done something here. So, um, yeah, that's what makes me feel more empowered than anything, I think. All right, we're quickly running out of time. You both have been great and uh, it's clear to you know to us that you have a great passion for this and it's a fantastic cause. Um, just wanted to ask you if someone who's listening at the moment or maybe downloading the post podcast are in a family violence situation of any sort, what would be a good place for them to start uh, to get some help? Um, first things first, the National Domestic Violence Hotline, if anyone is listening having these thoughts, which is 1-800-799-SAFE. So that's a number to always remember because you never know what sort of situation you're going to be in. Yes, and also 1-800-RESPECT. And then there's the obvious one of dialing triple zero um, really quickly. Um, but also if there's someone, if for a man, if they wanted to talk about what they're doing if they feel like they're behaving in a certain way that they don't want to behave in there's always the men's helpline um and for um there's also a kids helpline as well for any kids in in this situation and they want to get themselves out of it all right well chana and vanessa thank you both very much for taking the time to speaking to speak to us this morning um we are going to leave our audience with the last song and can you tell us what it is and why you chose it yeah, it's, it's uh, Run the World by Beyonce um, and it's widely considered a bit of a battle cry um, for women. Um, it's a very powerful song. If you watch the film clip, um, it's a very uh, intense uh, film clip matched by the, by the beat and the lyrics, I think. Um, so, yeah, it's a perfect, perfect way to end the, end the show, I think. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you very much and we'll see you all next week. See you, Carol. Hi, Jaime. Thanks, Vanessa, and thanks, Chana, for coming. Um, I Just one more time before we go into the song. Vanessa, can you repeat the website address for GPAN for anybody who missed it before? Yep, so it's goodpeopleactnow.org.au. We'll put that up on our Twitter account, so if anybody wants to get in touch with GPAN, go straight ahead, and now we'll play you the song. Thanks for having us.